Welcome to the Porchcast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Porchcast. I'm so excited to be here with my friend, Skylar Caitlin, who is a wedding planner. She is a lover of systems. She does awesome education for wedding planners um, and just experienced a sabbatical. Is it the first sabbatical you ever took? Yes. I was supposed to have one in 2020, but you know, the whole year was kind of sabbatical. So so, yeah, I, I just took my first one in July. Amazing. Is there anything else you want to add to your introduction, where you are, what you love doing? Absolutely. So I, as Kristen said, I am a wedding planner. I'm based out of Houston, Texas, but have done weddings across the country. Uh, I, my education side of things, I offer email templates and process guides for planners who want to streamline the back end of their business and the like everyday nitty gritty so that they can get back to doing the things they actually enjoy in their business and provide better customer service. I love that. Yeah. And that's like so needed. So every time I see your process pack emails come through, I'm like, everyone's about to be so organized (laughs) after this. (laughs) Thank you. Well, okay. So tell me about your sabbatical. Like tell me how it went any, were you having any, you know, anxieties or trepidations going into it? Anything? I don't know. Just kind of fill me in on leading up to the sabbatical and how it felt kind of jumping into it. Definitely. So the reason why I wanted to take a sabbatical really is because I love actually, in case you couldn't tell, doing the back end and the systems of my business. And I really when I'm in the thick of weddings, I don't feel like I have the time or I feel guilty taking the time to focus on some of the business projects that I want to do that aren't necessarily like needed. Like they're not something that's going to be anything that massively changes the way that I offer clients services or take care of people. And so I wanted to build some intentional time where I could focus on those sorts of things, as well as, of course, rest and rejuvenation. So I chose July because my husband's family does this annual trip. It's total Hallmark movie story. They've been doing it for like 54 years up to Door County, Wisconsin. And that's always a full week in July anyways that I'm gone. And let's just be real. It's too hot to get married in Houston. So I don't take weddings in July or August um, because I don't want to be working in the heat in July and August. So um, yes, (laughs) that's so smart. (laughs) So, um, so that's kind of what brought me to make it happen in July. Um, and I definitely had a little bit of trepidation going into it this year. That's kind of honestly fear is one of the reasons why I didn't do it in 2020, because I felt like I hadn't really been working beyond just rescheduling clients in the beginning part. And so it felt wrong of me to take July because I didn't know what might happen during that time. I didn't want clients to feel unsupported. And so I decided to postpone it for a year. Um, and this year I still felt a little bit of that fear. I mean, there's always that thing of like, you know, what are my clients going to think of me? Are they going to feel like I don't care about them or that I'm 
putting myself above them, which I mean, I should, but, um, but are they going to feel that way? Um, and, but I think that for me, the, what helped take care of those anxieties was being really clear in communication leading up to it for couples. I think I could even do it better than I did, but, um, you know, I sent them an email, um, at the beginning of June letting them know. And I kind of already had conversations with them anyway, separately, um, at different meetings and stuff, just giving them a heads up. But I sent them an email that said, Hey, I'm going to be taking a, uh, a month off of client work in July. I've already set up our to-do list based around that. There's nothing that's not going to get done because of it. But if you have anything specifically that you want me to take care of before I start, let me know. We can talk about that, get that taken care of. Of course, I will still have somebody available for you if you need me or if you need something done, not me, but if you need something during that month. Um, and I let them know that like my virtual assistant would be in my inbox and would forward any emergency emails on to another team member. I love that. And I love, I, I think that you're right, that communication is the key to like successful time off vacation, successful time off for a sabbatical or, you know, a trip or anything. Um, I even see people who are like, yeah, I think we have this now on Fridays. I try not to work. So we have something that just communicates like, Hey, we're not going to answer on Friday, but we'll get back to you on Monday. And so I love like how far in advance did you set up your communication? Do you feel good about how it worked out? Or is there anything that you would tweak for next time? Like, I want to hear the nitty gritty because I can hear someone out there listening being like, yeah, but like everyone was mad at you, right? Like, yeah. So I didn't have anybody mad at me. I had one client. It's actually really funny. It was the same client who responded to me and was like, oh, this actually works out really great because we're moving in July. We have all this stuff to do. And knowing that we won't, we won't have any deliverables that month actually takes a big weight off our shoulders. And I was like, perfect. And they're the only client who like sent me an email during that was like kind of freaking out, kind of out of nowhere. I think somebody probably brought up something to them about the wedding that they just hadn't thought about yet. Or they were like, Oh, we haven't taken care of that yet. Are we behind in some way? And so they sent me an email that was just kind of like, I know that you're, you know, taking a month off of client work, but X, Y, Z, I'm, I'm stressing out over this sort of thing. And, um, you know, I, I did take the time to respond to them personally. I probably should have, I definitely could have still done the things that I was asked of by clients by outsourcing it to my virtual assistant. And I definitely did too much of like, oh, well, I don't have any, like, there's no deliverables right now. I'm just working on stuff that I want to work on. So I should just go ahead and take care of this. And I definitely think that that's something that, that tripped me up, not a lot, but definitely a little bit where I got to the other side and I was like, even though it was just like maybe five things, like I didn't need to do those five things. I'm paying somebody to do those five things. Why did I not send them to them? Um, so I think it was definitely more, it wasn't really any of my clients getting upset. It was still me internalizing the fear that if like, that like, oh, I can just do this. Like, I don't, I don't have to outsource this. Right. Yeah. I get that too. And I think it's important to, you know, admit like, oh, my sabbatical wasn't perfect either. I definitely went into my email inbox, even though I said I wasn't going to. And so I'm like, for next year, what would I do differently to hold that boundary for myself better? Because it's like, 
you do deserve to have some time off and to not be thinking about email constantly or even knowing what's happening. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, just like next year, it's all coming off my phone, you know, and, and I think like, you're right when you have those things in place or you have someone in place to help your clients, you're like, I know they're going to be taken care of. Um, yeah. Cause that was that something that you needed to do personally? Yeah, no, none of the things that needed to be done. Like it was like, you know, oh, we decided we really want to go ahead and take care of like this contract with this vendor. We just got nervous that they might get booked up during this month. Um, or like, oh, their email came through. Can you review this contract or something like that? And it's nothing. My VA is a former planner. She has plenty of skill set for me to send that to her. It's not like I've just got like a college kid who's hopping in there and doesn't know anything. Um, you know, it, it really is somebody who's qualified and I definitely just didn't lean on her as much as I should have. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's all learning, right? Like it's interesting that we have to learn how to take breaks and learn how to rest too. Because I mean, this is my 11th or 12th year running a business and for almost every vacation I also have worked on, like Mm -hmm. have booked a shoot during a trip to pay for the trip (laughs) or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but I'm like, there should, there should be a boundary sometimes where you just have personal time. Yeah. I genuinely think that this time going to Wisconsin was the first time I haven't taken my laptop on a vacation. I did still take my iPad so that I could get into you know, I could get onto our CRM system. I could get into my email if I really needed to, but it doesn't have my email attached to it and it doesn't have notifications for anything on it. Um, so it was a a safety net for myself, but it, it didn't have the things that my laptop has that would trip me up or keep me like derail me from keeping that time sacred. And I I think that that really helped. I also put my phone on do not disturb during that trip. And that is one of the number one things I've carried over into my life post sabbatical is just like my phone is constantly on do not disturb and all my family and BFFs know that if they need me call twice because it will if, if you're using an iPhone, um, here's a little tip for you. (laughs) If If they call twice, it will come through and it will ring like normal. So if anybody needs me immediately, they know that they can do that. But other than that, I try, I'm even trying, I want to change my desk now so that I have, I've never wanted a desk with drawers before, but now I want a desk drawer that I can like put my phone into so that I literally am only pulling it out when I absolutely need it. And I'm not just like getting stuck into the like habit of picking up my phone whenever there's a second that it's not filled. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a good practice. And I mean, I think like sabbaticals and putting your phone on do not disturb, like it's all practices towards like, what's the reason that you do that? Um, there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to, while we were on vacation was presence. I just didn't want to be picking up my phone out of habit or out of Honestly, mine's a little bit of an anxiety response. Um, I like to have every second of the day filled so that I don't have to feel feelings. That's just like the blunt truth of who I am. And so it's really easy for me to 
grab it because it's there and see a notification and give, have that excuse of a notification to, to enter into a doom scroll. Um, and I, I think that that was important, but then pulling it into my everyday life is like, yeah, that scream time notification that was like, you were down 84% on your screen time just because it was on do not disturb. And I didn't like pick it up all the time. And I was like, that's wild. And the amount of time I was spending on it when I got back home and I still had it on do not disturb, it's definitely still a work in progress for me of like, like I said, want to add a desk drawer so that I can put it away. Like there's still times where I grab it anyways. Um, but like I was wasting like four hours a day on just picking up my phone just because I was emotionally avoiding. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I mean, for me, it feels good to feel needed all the time. And I think that's what a phone feels like for me. It's like every DM or every text is like, someone needs me. And so then it's this addiction of like, I have to keep it closed just in case someone needs me. I'm like, man, I need to work through some of that. But yeah, like that turning it off and putting it in another room and really letting yourself enter into those moments with your family or on vacation or, you know, um, like how often I feel like we're always pulled in all these different directions of like, I'm trying to be a great mom or I'm trying to be a great friend and I'm trying to be, you know, and it, but it's just like, you're never really there as long as you're picking up every ping that's happening. Yeah. That, that is very true. I, I even, you know, there's always that game that people talk about, about like having, like when you go out to dinner with all your friends, putting all the phones in a pile and whoever is the first one to grab their phone has to pay or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to take it that far, but like Matt and I went out to dinner the other night and both of us, like, you know, we were honestly, we were fine when we were both sitting at the table, we would put our phones away. But if one of us went to the restroom or something like that, we like would immediately pull out our phone because we didn't know what to do with ourselves just sitting there. And I don't want to feel like I can't sit with myself. And I definitely think that like where I've been emotionally, I'm not comfortable with that yet. Like I'm not comfortable just being by myself, um, without a task to do. Um, you know, I'm fine going by myself to like a coffee shop cause I've got like work to do or something that's like clearly in front of me, but just like sitting in a space is, is hard for me. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's big to admit too. Did you get to explore that a little bit more in Seattle, in Seattle, in sabbatical? <laughs> um, um, yes, in a way, in kind of like a different way than I had to sit with, with not having a clear cut plan, which is another kind of, I guess, same sort of thing. I don't have like a clear task set out in front of me. So I have to sit with figuring out what I want to do every day. And that's something that you and I had discussed before going into the sabbatical. That was a fear of mine that I would either a overwork myself because I was scared of not producing enough. And because I didn't have a set plan, I would be constantly trying to fill my time or I would anxiety panic and go the opposite direction and just end up binging Netflix for an entire month and feeling like crap when I got done. And so what we kind of had discussed was coming up with a list of, of could do's, uh, not to do's, but could do's that were based on my, uh, 
you know, my, my values, my personal goals for the year and my values and kind of just wrote them all up on my giant, like 36 inch whiteboard and, um, and had them there. And it was kind of like, I I did kind of star the ones that were the most interesting to me to kind of get me started, but it gave me a, a daily sort of place to look, to go like, okay, here are all my options. What do I feel like doing today? And if I felt like watching Netflix on the couch, I would go watch Netflix on the couch. But if I felt like doing one of the things that were on there, that's, that would be a good guide for me and keep me from getting in the overwhelm of, I don't know what to do. And also keeping me from overexerting myself because it wasn't like, these are all the things I have to get done. They were just, it was a a totally unattainable list. Like there was no way I was going to do everything. So it gave me that permission and that space to just do what felt good in the moment. I love that. Well, and when we had that conversation, I would know we went over um, kind of what your main values are, what's really Mm -hmm. important to you. What were, what were some of those things? And then what were some of the things you put on your could do list? Yeah. So my values are, uh, community growth, creativity, and integrity. And, um, obviously some of those more, uh, ephemeral things like integrity, that's kind of hard. Um, although integrity does like the root of the word actually means like wholeness or completeness, which I really love. And it's something that I'm exploring right now beyond just the whole idea of like doing the right thing, which hello, Enneagram one of me, but, um, uh, but some of the things that kind of drew me into those, I mean, community was kind of the easiest because we had been a year and a half disconnected from our communities. And so I reached out to all of my frienders and all of my friends that I felt like I hadn't gotten a chance to really connect with over the past year and a half and scheduled like coffee dates or virtual happy hours or whatever people were comfortable with. Um, and I just kind of like set out like a date every week that, so I was basically like every Tuesday. And so I just reached out to everybody and I was like, is there a Tuesday this month that would be good for you? Cause I'd love to get together and just let it naturally fall where it did. Um, and it kind of bled a little bit into (laughs) August because, um, some people weren't available in July and that's totally fine. Um, but it's been really, that was really awesome to reconnect with people. It felt a little bit like, coming back to myself, it was also really validating to get to hear where everybody else was. Um, because I think one of the things that did come up for me because I finally stopped moving was realizing how burnt out I was feeling. Um, so that was, that was really nice to hear. I mean, I know, you know, we know, we see all this stuff on social media, but actually getting to hear the exhaustion in somebody's voice, um, when they tell you how they're feeling was, was really great. Um, and like I said, just really validating. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, when you're burned out or, I mean, there's a lot of things in life like burned out or grief, like when you're going through it, it's also so isolating. And so then to even just be able to talk with other people about it in your community is so great. And I love that you did Tuesdays, Tuesday dates. I like, I think, um, the, that like connection with people is so important just personally and, and for your business. And I'm always like, make a habit of seeing people. Like, I know it seems like a silly thing, but it, it's just like a spirit lifter and all kinds of things. 
It is. It's actually been really fun. Two of my best friends moved into the neighborhood behind us. They're like literally in the same house, but three streets apart. We didn't know that until we actually pulled up everybody's thing on move-in day. Um, but yeah, it was really great. And so, you know, we, it's just been so wonderful to like, just see friends regularly again. And knowing that like, we're kind of like a small community, all of us work from home. So we're not really concerned about, um, transmission or anything like that. And we're also super open with one another if we've seen somebody who might, um, have been in contact with stuff. So it's, um, so it's been really like just good to feel confident and comfortable hanging out together. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, my, one of my best friends moved to my small town in the last year and just having like having your people nearby is so, is so nice. It's so good for the soul. And I think it's been, yeah, that's just been like good to realize how important that is to me too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what were some of the things on your, so the community piece, you started pulling together people on Tuesdays, having meetings. Um, what were some other things kind of based off your values that you put on your, that you, so I, Definitely pulled out some things for like some product creation that I wanted to do for my shop um, that had just been kind of backlogged because it was going to take a little while to do and it just didn't feel as pressing as some other client work that I had or other coaching clients or anything like that. So um, to me, that fit both growth and creativity because there's the growth side of it, that it's going to grow the business. It's going to grow, um, you know, opportunities for people to connect with me, but also, um, from the creative side, of course, I I want things to look pretty and I want them to be, um, you know, I'm a form meets function kind of gal. So I, you know, putting together all of that stuff and seeing what it looks like, um, was, was really great there along with growth too, you know, I just signed up for some different, like small little online courses that weren't any kind of big commitment that were like, you know, just pre-recorded sort of things that I could hop into whenever I wanted to, that I just wanted maybe something that wasn't as mentally vigorous because I wasn't having to ideate or create myself. Um, but it, I love education and strengths finders. My two highest strengths are input and learning, which basically means that I love to get new information into my brain. And then I love to spit it out into the world. Um, and that's just (laughs) very much, very much who I am. Um, I, I read the like description of that and I was like, Oh wow. Thanks for just like punching into my gut and pulling out my heart. Um, so (laughs) see me. Yes. Yes. I felt very seen by that. Um, but so it was really great to, to have that kind of education space again. Um, that, that was just an easy sort of addition to my day. Once again, that wasn't like a massive sort of undertaking, but it filled, filled a little bit of that, um, filled a little bit of maybe what I had been missing. Um, and in that same vein, I, I took up reading again, um, more regularly. And both of those are things that I really enjoy, but I tend to push off because there are quote unquote, better things to be doing, um, or more important things to be doing, which most of the time that's not true. I'm just, it's a lie I'm telling myself. Um, and, 
I, I think it's been really great, really great to enter into those sorts of worlds again when it comes to reading and just like a little bit of escapism, but also just like stretching that creative muscle in your brain where you're, you know, you're building these worlds or you're seeing these characters and, and that fuels me to feel more creative in wedding design or in product design or in any of these sorts of things It just, it, you don't realize how much you need to fill up your creative cup in order to keep the momentum in a creative business going. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And not from just only consuming content in your industry, you know, like, like if you're just only hearing from other wedding planners, if you're a wedding planner, you're only hearing from other wedding photographers, like everything starts looking the same and sounding the same and feeling the same. And, and you're like reading a novel is inspiration or going to a museum is inspiration or traveling and like getting those, those things that that make you think about something different or something a different way. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I were talking the other night about uh, how nine perfect strangers that knew Hulu series like inspired something when somebody asked a question or was having an issue. And it, I was like, well, I know this is probably not the business you want to emulate, but this was actually a really good nugget that I saw in this TV show. And just like even watching stuff, I love watching stuff like, um, uh, different creation shows like glow up on Netflix or some of like the fashion, um, shows or just other things of like creatives just making and watching people's process of how their brains work is really inspiring to me. And so I enjoy kind of indulging in those whenever I feel kind of like creative blocks. That makes a ton of sense. And I love that you had time to do that and made the time to do that. And you're, are you going to take it into normal life too? Like what are some things you did in sabbatical that you're trying to carry over and integrate into your normal week? Yeah, I would say, of course, like I said, the phone on do not disturb was a big one. I definitely am reading still fairly regularly. And I, I think that one of the things that was a, a pain point of sabbatical that was just like unconscious spending, you know, between like I did, so we did, I kind of booked in, book ended my, um, sabbatical with a state girl staycation the first weekend to kind of kick it off and get me in that mindset. And then our vacation to Wisconsin at the, towards the end. And so between the, like, eating out on trips and then kind of like treat yourself moments on online shopping. I was definitely less than mindful on the money. And even though I had prepared for the fact that I, that July may not be a huge, it's honestly Q3 is never a huge dollar month for me. Just I'm quarter for me as a wedding planner. It's just slower here in Texas. It's typically lower qualified leads coming through. And so I already had set up for finances being a little bit slower. So that wasn't a stress point to me, but actually getting, looking at the credit card bill at the end of the month, I was just like, whoa, I was not mindful at all of what this was. And it was a little bit like, whoa, shock that I was like, and I had to really quickly process through not feeling shame around that 
and just accepting that like, oh, that happened. And I'm, I'm going to see what I can do to not feel this way again. Um, and so what came out of that was just kind of creating more of a, a mindful, not so much like a really intense budget, just like a little like flag marks for me to be like, oh, if I want to spend, you know, I have like $150 to spend on clothes this month. So if I want to drop $150, I can do that. No questions. But if I want to go beyond that, I might need to like think about where, where that's going to be coming from, or maybe do something in the business to make a little extra money so that I can buy that thing that I want, or just kind of like making me a little bit more mindful in, and not just how I'm spending my time, but also how I'm spending my dollars. Um, so that's something that I'm taking over. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think we, you know, and we love talking about abundance and about generosity and about feeling really flowy with your money and being mindful with your spending is a piece of that, that I think a lot of times people forget. So I'm lo- I love that you brought that up. And do you do the 5% bonus count, a bonus account? Man, I need to, I'm like, um, I, I will not name my bank, but I don't love my bank. And so I've been like, struggling to figure out where else I want to go though, because it is a national bank. That's really easy to use as a business. And that's honestly just been like, probably I'm, it's very likely that I'm using that as an excuse to avoid just making the account, you know, and doing it (laughs) because it's something that I've had on my list all year that keeps getting pushed every quarter. I'm like, yep, I didn't do my steps of just getting it, getting it in place. Um, but, um, no, I haven't. And I really, really know that I want to do that though. It's, it's fun. And if you haven't heard, if you're listening and you haven't heard of the book Profit First, I didn't even read the whole book, but <laughs> the, the section about the profit account has changed my life and business, which essentially you pick a percentage of everything that you make and you move it into a separate bank account called a profit account. And I've always done 5% and like kind of taught that as a thing to do. So you take it right off the top and that's kind of the bonus you get to give yourself once a quarter or when you want to do some fun spending. Um, I'll be honest about my not mindful spending sometimes of like, I'll be like, oh, there's money in my profit account. So I'm going to buy this thing. And then do I move it over from my profit account? No, but the idea is that like when you're ready for that vacation or that Mm -hmm. like expensive clothing purchase. It's like you, the 5% is your really fun spending money that you don't feel shame about. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, um, my husband and I did set up a travel fund. Um, I guess we really started it this month, but we like set up a totally separate account that's going to have an auto draft from our checking and it's going to be putting it straight in there that, and we put like a nice little lump sum to start from our savings because we had it and thankfully, and we set that up. And so we're going to have like a monthly going in there. So we can, like, we don't, that is one of the things that is so frustrating for has been frustrating for us when we travel is either we come back from travel and we feel shame around what we spent because it was more than we anticipated or we feel like we're making choices because of money on the trip. And so if we've just got an account that we know what's in there and that's what we know is our budget for the trip, it makes it a whole lot more freeing. Like I always thought that knowing your numbers would be really restrictive, 
um, both when it comes to like data and just like the actual dollars in your account, especially because I'm definitely a hoarder of money. Um, and so I, I always thought that it would just be like really terrible, but I'm finding it to be quite the opposite because I have, you know, knowledge is power, I guess. And it gives me that space to, to know that what I'm doing is the confidence, I guess, that what I'm doing is within the bounds of what I can do. And it's always also made me realize like how blessed I am of just like how I have way more disposable income than I realized that I did because now I understand exactly where it's going. And, and that, that was a really freeing thing. Totally. Yeah. I'm such a fan of knowing your numbers and it came from my own life experience, which was I put my head in the sand and pretended that money didn't exist for a very long time while I was running a business. No one would have known that I was not paying attention to my business financials until like five years ago. Um, You know, so it was like a long time of just, I let my my husband at the time pay attention to the numbers and I didn't look at them at all. And I felt so much anxiety around money. And as soon as I really got that confidence to pay attention to them myself, it's that, yeah, it's that moment of being like, oh, like actually I'm, I'm okay. And if I need to spend less, I can, because this is the, this is the core of what I need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your travel fund. That is so freeing. And coming back to the values, like community and, you know, different things that are part of your values, it's it's meaningful, intentional spending. There's a reason that you're putting that aside to connect with your spouse, to connect with people you care about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that kind of, it also, you know, we've talked about this before is like putting meaning behind your money makes it easier for you to earn it because you don't feel, you know, especially depending on your background um, and depending on the story that you've been told or that you have internalized about money, it can feel like as long as I have enough to survive that I don't need to try any harder Um, that, that I don't, I don't need a business that is thriving and super successful. I just need something that covers the bases. Well, if I just have something that covers the bases, why am I not just working like a nine to five that does not take any creative or mental energy? Like, why don't I just find something that just pays those bills? Why, why would I be doing this at all? And so if you can put meaning behind it and understand that, money is not necessarily the root of all evil. It's what you do with that money that may be good or evil. And, and like, I have felt so wonderful about being able to not have fear about donating to a cause that I care about. Like this year, I've just been like, I have a monthly donation budget that I actually set up before I even started talking about numbers. I was just like, I know that I can donate this every month. Like that's not a problem for me. And just being able that whenever I see something that hits my heart and I can say like, okay, that's it. And I just put whatever I feel comfortable towards that has been really wonderful because, because it's, 
once again, giving me a purpose for why I'm accumulating or trying to accumulate some wealth. And it also has, you know, it's given me the power to put dollars towards what I care about. I love that. I love it. And I love that you are so intentional with your spending and your time and where you're, what you're doing with that growth. Cause that growth is important to you. And then feeling like there's purpose behind it. Um, there's something else I was going to say and I forget. (laughs) That's okay. I think what you were saying there towards growth, it's, I think that that's one of the things that I did learn during the sabbatical. And it's something that's been coming up again and again with my therapist. And I think it finally just realizing that I was feeling as burnt out as I was, which was way more than I thought I was. Like, I felt like I was like, I actually thought I was coming out of burnout at the beginning of July. Like when I went into sabbatical, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to come out on the other side of this and I'm going to feel so great. Like this is the perfect thing I need to just hedge me out of this burnout that I've been coming through. And then I realized that like a full month off was not enough to make me feel any better. In fact, it really made me realize just how burnout I was and how unsustainable the types of of services or the types of work that I was putting out there was making me feel. And so one of the things with that being the growth is that I thought that there was a certain dollar amount or a certain number of weddings or a certain number of coaching clients or like, I felt like there were these quote unquote benchmarks that I wanted to be hitting that I really thought was something that I wanted. And have just realized that those aren't it. And to be honest with you, I, I don't, I haven't come out of sabbatical with like a revelation of like, Oh, well, I know that I want this now. Like I'm really in kind of a messy spot right now, as far as like what it is that I actually want moving forward. And I'm trying really hard because I'm, I'm an actions person. I want to just like sit down and hammer it out and figure it out And I'm trying really hard to just sit in the uncomfortableness of not knowing what success and what the next step for me is going to be and letting that process out much slower than I tend to want to operate. I completely understand. And I'm so glad that you shared that because I think that a lot of times we're like, and then we did this thing and then all the answers were revealed, you know, and like, or I did this thing and now I have more questions than I had going in, you know, and I often say like, there is always a lot of pain before the clarity and stay, letting yourself stay in that really messy place is courageous it's courageous and it's the stuff that people don't talk about enough in entrepreneurship of like, this shit is not easy. You have to sit and you have to let stuff stew for a long time. You have to try a million things and see what works and what fails. And (laughs) you have to get back up again every time too. Yes. Yeah. I think especially as a lifelong perfectionist, you know, we were talking recently about like, first child gifted student sort of vibe where I'm just like, it feels very antithetical to allow myself the space to be unsure and to not be good at something. 
and also maybe even attributing a good or a bad to not knowing um, or not being sure of something and deciding like, oh, that's not a good thing Um, or that like, oh, that's not successful or whatever sort of thing to it is kind of a little bit of relearning and readjusting to the whole world. You know, it's, it's like that whole thing of like, you know, when you're growing up, you always think that adults know all the answers. You get to adulthood, you realize that they don't have the answers. I feel like it's the same thing in, in business. You know, you think that you want to do one thing. You think that you want to be the certain type of entrepreneur. You get into business and you realize, whoa, I, I know less than I thought I did. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if I'm doing this right. I don't even know if this is like maybe even the dollars are working out great for you, but you just don't feel like it's hitting the mark. And you're right. Having the courage to kind of step into that space and go, what is it that I want? Am I willing to fail from the outside, from somebody looking in, in order to actually thrive in what I'm intended to be? Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I know we're all in the messy middle of all of the things, but is there anything that you are pretty sure you know about what success feels like for you at this point? Yeah, I think that I definitely think that time to me feels like success, having intentional time, having space to spend it the way that I want it to, to not feel tethered to a specific timeline or a specific, um, set of commitments, um, to me feels really successful. Um, I've definitely learned that like long-term commitments stress me out, which is hilarious because I'm definitely like a, I'm a long-term commitment gal. Like every relationship I've had has been like a minimum of two years. Like it's, that's just who I am. My friendships are for life. Like, you know, I just, I'm a long-term gal and I've found that like, I don't love that in business. And so what I'm finding is I feel really successful when I can just have finite space around stuff and have the flexibility. I think that that feels really successful, which I guess plays into time, but also flexibility in what I'm doing. Like I want to be able to pivot really easily. Um, I I don't want to feel tied to a specific, a very specific set of, I guess, products or like, you know, pieces, um, that can't be, that can't be changed. You know, I want to be able to, I definitely don't walk away from stuff easy, but I want to be able to walk away from things easier. I feel like that to me, a successful person sees when something no longer serves them and they move on from it and they don't sit in that for so long and drain themselves completely because they quote unquote have to see it through. Like that's not, that's not their vibe and I don't want it to be my vibe. (laughs) Um, and, um, yeah, I think that just, yeah, flexibility and, and a little bit of ability to be introspective and then take action based on it feels really successful to me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love that definition. Yeah. I'm, I think like something you said made me think of like, what do I think success is right now? And I think like that being able to 
being able to feel free to be the version of yourself you want to be instead of continuing to fulfill some role you think other people want you to be. Yes. Yes, that is exactly it. That is exactly it. And maybe even, maybe even that, that people is you or like what you thought you should be. Because I think that's even part of it that I'm coming up against is I doubt anybody cares nearly as much as I do about what, what sort of things I'm doing or creating. Like that's not really, we're always think people are way more focused on us than we are. Like something you're projecting on other people that you think yes. they're thinking about you. And so it's like, you think about it, you're like, I projected this box that other people are putting me in, in their heads might not even exist. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Um, well, could you share how people can find you online and maybe any last words that you want to share about, like, would you do a sabbatical again? Would you encourage other people to do one? Um, any tips for people if they're thinking like, I've never taken a week off in my life. What do I do? Um, any like closing remarks, I guess, and then share your website and information. Absolutely. So I think for me, like I said, the things that were really successful for me were planning around my core values and practicing flexibility. For me, that's because I'm not, I tend to be a little bit more rigid and routine based. So I think that, you know, practicing something that may not be your typical way of doing something from the standpoint of learning and growing, not to try to force yourself to be somebody you're not. Um, and then I really loved adding in some like staycation or just some things to like kick off like the bookends of like creating something that makes it feel like this is the start and this is the end, um, can really help you separate it from it. Um, and so I think those are kind of the the biggest takeaways that I, I had from my sabbatical. Um, I definitely think that I would do it again. I would like to make it an annual thing to do every July. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly maybe how I can even better set that up earlier for clients that like, almost like when they sign on, they just know that that is not a time where we build stuff around and, um, and kind of seeing how to do that, um, and what that looks like. Um, but if you want to find me, um, on Instagram, I am at Skylar underscore Caitlin. Um, and then my, Shop is SkylarCaitlin.com and uh, my wedding planning, I, I am a planner for Chansey Charm Weddings. Um, so you can find us there. I think it's at Chansey Charm on Instagram and then ChanseyCharmWeddings.com uh, for our website. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the Porchcast and thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all next time. Oh.